everybody, what's going on? And welcome to the very first episode of ScreenSpeak. It is a podcast that is all about movies, life, and so much more. And I'm your host, your your host, your architect, the the curator of this. I don't really know what you want to call me, but that's who I am. And I'm Jordan Anderson, and this is my podcast. So just really, really uh, sincerely thank each and every one of you for being amongst the first listeners and and just stopping by and, and, and again, just listening to this. I've repeated that a couple of times now, but anyway... Uh, yeah, I'm just very grateful to be here to be able to get this podcast finally out there after working on it for uh, the the months, uh, potentially longer um, that I've been that I've been developing it. So it's out, it's out, it's out in the ether, and I'm not re- I'm not hitting edit <clears throat> or anything like that. This is this is purely going to just be a 100% unedited podcast through and through. So here we are. Let's get this rolling. Okay. So, a couple things first, got to get the plugs out of the way, I think that's what they do on podcasts anyway, but give this podcast a follow, please, Uh, that's the first plug, is just give this podcast a follow, follow it on Spotify, because I'm presuming that's how you're listening to this, Uh, so please follow the podcast on Spotify, and you can also check out its Instagram page, that's right, there is an Instagram page. It's called at ScreenSpeak Podcast. So if you look that up on Instagram, you should be able to find it. Uh, there's not exactly any posts. I, I think there will actually be a post uh, by the time this episode is actually out. Uh, but there will be posts that I will put on there from time to time of movie-related things that I feel like sharing with you all that may have some tie-ins into episodes I do, or I may even give like sneak peeks to upcoming episodes or content that I have planned. So definitely take a look out for that. And lastly, <clears throat> excuse me. And lastly, uh, please look up the YouTube channel. That's right. There's also a dedicated YouTube channel for this podcast called ScreenSpeak. That's uh, pretty pretty straightforward. It's the same name as this. Uh, but it's called ScreenSpeak, and you can find it just by looking up ScreenSpeak on YouTube or ScreenSpeak's uh, podcast, and I believe you should be able to find that. But uh, go ahead and subscribe to that channel, uh, if you if you may, uh, because you can go there and check out short clips as opposed to listening to the entire episode on there, um, because some people prefer to consume their podcasts in, in that format as opposed to listening to the entirety of it. So I think that makes sense. All right, so you're here now, so you're probably wondering, okay, well, what is this podcast actually all about? So I'm going to give you a brief synopsis of the podcast and give just a little bit of background into how I actually got to this place of doing this, because I think you'll find it interesting. And then I'm going to talk about the movie uh, that I've selected for this very first episode, Lost in Translation. Okay, so... What this podcast is, what ScreenSpeak is all about, is that it's a podcast that is all about movies and the tie-ins uh, and, and messages that they convey through life and the connections that, that, that are drawn from life within the movies. And I realize that sounds a little heavy-handed when I say it like that, uh, but I think there's a lot of interesting things that can be said about movies, and I if you haven't already guessed, am quite a big advocate of film, of movies, of the industry, of entertainment, exhibitionism, uh, all, all the different facets of movies I tend to eat up and go crazy over. So I have no shortage of thoughts that I can deliver 
um, on movies. Uh, but where I draw the life comparisons from is because movies mean a great deal to me. They, they always have. And there are definitely pieces of movies that I've taken with me in life and, and that have helped shape in a way who I am today. Uh, but then there's also uh, messages and themes that I like to think and reflect on in movies as well, uh, which I think just goes to to show the, their impact that they have on the culture and, and just uh, people in general. So I, I think there's really interesting things that can be said about that. Um, <clears throat> and as far as like how episodes will be in terms of their tone, well, you know, I'm still figuring that out. This is, this is a new venture for myself, but I do think that episodes will range from anywhere from being, you know, light or humorous, uh, make it serious on a couple of them or somewhere in between. Uh, the point is it's going to go in a couple of different directions, but each episode will stay grounded by focusing on one movie per, per episode. So I think that makes sense. Now, what's actually led me to, to doing this podcast? That's, that's another question I just wanted to answer for anybody that's, that's listening. Um, <clears throat> there's a few things that led to me getting this podcast going. Uh, I suppose for starts, I should share some background. Uh, I've been making videos and, and content, doing creative content in one form of, or, uh, <laughs> in one form or another, uh, since at least 2011. Uh, I know that's when I first started dabbling actually in the YouTube space before I ever tried doing what I'm doing right now. Um, you can actually go out there and find a lot of those old videos because I believe I never took the channel down and I don't actually remember uh, the login information for it because I was, you know, it was tied to a different email and whatnot. But the, those videos are living out there. So if you want to try to go find my earlier works, uh, feel free to, but that doesn't mean I'm going to tell you how. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I started doing it, uh, in 2011, which is, uh, right around the time that I was in college and it was just kind of for fun. But even before that I had made like little short films and just sketch videos with, uh, some friends of mine that I grew up with. Um, one of them I remember in particular was this video that we made of me and a buddy of mine driving around in like a, I don't know, like an ATV or a four wheeler, something like that. And we're driving around pretending to be, to, pretending to be intoxicated at the wheel. Uh, and then we accidentally, uh, hit a, a person and have to deal with the the aftermath of that and and the funny part about it is the person was we we took a bale of hay and then we printed off a a photo of a little boy that had like a ah, like a like shocked look on his face and, and and we hit the bale of hay and pretended that it was a body and and I think that that's what made it even uh, funnier to us is because it was so completely fake and dumb but we were, we were just having a great time with it. And, and, that, and that's really one of the earliest memories I have of, of doing this type of thing. And so I think over the years, I've come a long way from doing that. Uh, and I've definitely gotten better and improved, uh, you know, just all the skills that kind of go into doing this type of thing, anything from the recording of it, the editing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I've just really developed it over time as primarily a hobby. Uh, most recently, it was reflected in the channel Jordan Anderson movie reviews, which is mostly what it says, mostly movie reviews uh, and, and short videos about movies. So that channel is also still up, and I've decided to keep it up. 
uh, just because m most of the videos on there I'm not like really embarrassed of or anything like that, unlike those really older ones that I, I may be a little bit more. But that channel is also still up, so if you want to take a look, uh, take a look at that, just kind of get you more familiar with me and, and content that I've put out in the past, definitely feel free to do so. <clears throat> so leading up to why I'm doing a podcast now as opposed to continuing straightforward with YouTube, uh, it's for a couple of reasons. I just think that I like more long-form conversation when it comes to the world of movies, and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, um, you know, whether it's like driving the work or even at work or working out or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different places that people listen to these things. And so I listen to a lot of them and I really feel engaged and, and, and interested in a lot of the ones I listen to. And I thought, Hey, you know, rather than having to always squeeze in the time of trying to figure out when I can record a video and, and do all the color correcting for it and the editing and, you know, if there's sound or all these other different things that I have to put into it, uh, I just thought podcasting would honestly be a, an easier alternative and, uh, well, just really something that I could grow and, and sink my teeth into. And, and I think it'll just be... I'm, I'm hoping that it'll become more of a thing over time, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what led me to, to where I'm at right now, and so so I guess, as they say, that's that. Um, <clears throat> now let's actually get into the movie itself that I want to talk about for this very first episode, and that is going to be the classic Lost in Translation. It stars Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson, which interesting uh, tidbit about the movie before I kind of dive into to all the different thoughts and feelings that I have on it is I had no idea that Scarlett Johansson was 17 at the time of filming the movie. And I and the only reason I, I feel the need to mention that is because Bill Murray and her clearly have an age difference. But I don't know. I mean, I never would have guessed in a million years that she was that young when doing the movie. I I think she must just be one of those people that matured uh, qu quicker than than other people do. Um, not you know, not just physically, of course, but also mentally. I mean, just the way that she carries herself in the movie does not strike me as somebody that was 17. I mean, I remember being 17 years old, and I can assure you, I was definitely not that put together uh, or or all that serious about a lot of different things. So it's yeah, just kind of an interesting fact to think about. And hang on here, I'm gonna take take a quick sip. Of what I took a quick sip of, I guess I'll leave that up to you to guess. I'm I'm not going to disclose that. Um, <clears throat> so, so thinking about Lost in Translation, there's a lot of different things that come to mind for this movie. First, if you haven't seen this movie, I'm going to say that probably a lot on this podcast. But if you have not seen Lost in Translation, it is definitely one that I highly recommend and encourage you to go out and watch. Um, it is. A very unique movie uh, for a lot of different reasons, but I want to. I'm, I'm going to start with. I'm going to start off the top by just talking about Bill Murray's performance, and and I'll keep going. So Bill Murray, I mean, the guy is a comedy legend or just a legend in general. He, he's done both uh, comedic films and dramatic films as well, but obviously comedy is, I think, where he's most primarily known as, and. And his, his performance in this movie is so controlled. It's it's so very controlled and measured, and it has 
all those Bill Murray isms that you still know and love too, which I think is the the perfect balance for uh, the performance in the movie. His performance in the movie. Uh, strikes a good balance with that but then also i think his character it's very suited for his character which in the movie he is portraying a famous actor not you know someone so unlike himself though it's never really clear in the movie if he is an actor that's known primarily for comedy uh, as bill murray is or if it's just you know an actor that does a lot of different things i we kind of get the sense in the movie that it may be a bit of both but Bill Murray is just absolutely fantastic in the movie, and I mean, I of course do love a lot of his comedy movies, but Lost in Translation, I think, may be my favorite Bill Murray performance, uh, simply just because of all the dramatic uh, elements that he brings to it, the honesty that he brings to it, and the, the authenticity, too, because uh, it really just feels like all the scenes he's in, he's just he's just there. He's just existing very naturally in the scenes like none of it really feels a hundred percent like a movie and and all the dialogue feels so natural too that you can hardly even believe that there's a script half the time uh because it really just seems like you're just watching a moment in time uh with these two people bill murray and and scarlett johansson that are that are coming together in a place that's foreign to both of them uh tokyo japan so So Bill Murray's fantastic. I can I can keep singing his praises, but I want to keep going. Uh, but another interesting thing about this movie to me is what it says when it comes to the feelings of of loneliness and longing, and and that's something I think I gravitated to very early on when I first saw this movie and in subsequent viewings is just thinking about those feelings because I feel like they're very relatable for one. Uh, you know, feeling of loneliness, especially when you're in a crowded place, I think that's one of the, the interesting things to think about. Um, I'm sure we've all traveled uh, to different cities or maybe even outside of the country and to a place where people don't speak the same language. I, that's something I can definitely relate to. Because uh, I have a, a fiance that is living in Brazil, and, and I've been there twice now, and most people there don't really speak a word of English, and so it is easy to feel like an outsider and, and, and do feel a bit cut off from what you're familiar with and, and not really sure how best to communicate it when you're just surrounded by people that likely may, you know, may not understand what you're saying, so... Uh, it's interesting how the movie captures that that very specific type of loneliness because, as we all know, loneliness takes many shapes and forms. But in this particular case, I think it captures very well the feeling of loneliness even when you are surrounded by, by hundreds, if not thousands, of people around you. Um, loneliness does not have to just mean that you want to be around people all the time. Uh, you can just feel lonely on the inside without without people having to be uh, much of an effect on it. I, I'm not you know I'm not sure if that makes sense, but anyway. And then I also think the movie really captures the feeling of longing, and and that's that's an interesting feeling uh, for me because like a lot of feelings I may talk about in this podcast when I'm relating them to movies is it's a relatable one. Uh, feeling that you want something more but you're not quite sure how to articulate it and let alone if you could you're not really sure if other people would 
you know, quite frankly, understand what you're trying to say. And I think that is conveyed very, very well in Lost in Translation. Um, and, and you, you know, you could say for that one, it's less is more because there's really not. I'm not going to say there's not a ton of dialogue in the movie, but the movie is, I think, less about the dialogue per se as it is to the overall atmosphere that the story has as a whole, the world that it has set up. Um, I definitely think it's much more of an atmospheric movie and evokes strong feelings without having to necessarily overly rely on words to convey those feelings. And in that regard, I think the movie is absolutely a brilliant one. Though, I should say with that, it's not really going to be for everybody because some people uh, will probably see this movie as being very slow or dull or they're, they're not really sure what the narrative is for it, like like what the overall structure is. Because, again, I think I mentioned it once before, the movie feels more so like a, a slice in time or a, a, a snapshot of a specific moment in, in time and space. It's It's very... It's very much a real and authentic feeling movie, uh, because I think a lot of it, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, was shot on location in Tokyo, and there's real people that that live there. I don't think everybody was just purely an extra hired for the film. I think they really just did a sort of a, a guerrilla style uh, method of filming for it, which just continues to add to that high level of authenticity that that's in the movie, which is great. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the atmosphere is is very very um, very important for the movie, and it's also very contagious. And I say that because I feel like when I first saw Lost in Translation, I did initially think uh, eh, this movie's a little slow. But you know, I'm I'm appreciating something here, but I couldn't quite artic- articulate what it was. And then you know, years later, and after repeat viewings. Uh, it's just one of those movies that grew on me, and in large part due to the atmosphere and the contagious nature of it, at least to me. And this is where it's going to get very, very specific to myself and, and, and how certain movies, ones like this especially, can have an effect on me. I know when I'm watching movies, uh, especially re-watching movies, that the the mood that they put me in is something that I have a sense of awareness of. And some of the times that's why I like to go back and rewatch certain movies is because of the place it can put me in. And it's not to say that, oh, I want to watch Lost in Translation because I want to feel really lonely and feeling a sense of deep longing for something and depressed. I don't want to do that. But sometimes there's a comfort in seeing a movie that so captures such relatable feelings and emotions uh, and especially just really deep-seated ones uh, in in humans. And so I've gone back time and time again to Lost in Translation if I'm just kind of feeling a little down or feeling a little out of it because while the movie does deal with, uh, you know, loneliness and longing and and several other emotions, there's also a a sense of comfort, I feel, from the movie. I I think there's a, a sense of contentment that eventually gets reached towards the end of it. And, and I don't know, there's, there's something really, something very, uh, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the right word for it would be, like zen-like would be a bit too much, but there is something, there's something there in, in this movie for how it can make you feel and bring you some comfort if you are having 
uh, difficult feelings with with loneliness and and having a longing for something. I, I definitely think there's something there for this movie that may help people on that. Um, <clears throat> another interesting thing in this movie too is what it has to say about states of life that you can be in. Uh, in the case of the characters in this movie, each of them seems to have reached a place where they're not moving. They they kind of feel like there's there's nowhere to go for them, uh, which both of them. Uh, in the movie are in Tokyo for reasons that they're not really wanting to be there. I, I believe uh, Bill Murray's character, Bob Harris, he's there because he's having to shoot a commercial for a whiskey company. Uh, and then he eventually, I think, does a, uh, a talk show there. He's like the Johnny Carson of Japan. That's how I remember that. And But he's not really wanting to be there. And of course, he's completely out of his element. He doesn't speak a word of Japanese. Uh, etc. And then Scarlett Johansson's character, uh, Charlotte, she is there because she's with her husband that is a photographer for a band. And she's just kind of there uh, because she didn't really have anything else going on because she's a fresh college graduate, doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life. So she's like, oh, why not? I'll spend some time in Tokyo with my, my newlywed husband. Why not? And but each but each of them feels stuck and it's it's clear because they're they they have again this feeling of longing they have this feeling of you know not having their lives be where they want to be and it's really hard to articulate stuff like that and so each of them feels at least i think they feel like they're stuck and they feel like they can't really go anywhere with their lives at that present moment uh, which is just really interesting <clears throat> and Another interesting thing about the movie is just, again, how honest it is. I don't mean, like, just authentic with the world around it, but how honest the characters are and how well they're written. Uh, they do feel like very real people in, in their actions and what they do. And I think this movie is also very smart about avoiding uh, cliches that would happen in a movie like this. Like, like thankfully, thankfully, it's not a movie where... You know, Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson, they meet and, you know, they're like, oh, you're charming. I'm charming. We're going to get together and we're going to fall in love and all that. It's it's not like that at all, which is really refreshing. And it feels more real because I, I don't think sometimes movies like that, you know, the movies that do those types of tropes, I mean, they're fun. They might be entertaining, but they're they're not the most authentic when it comes to real life. So Lost in Translation exceeds at that immensely. <clears throat> and... And, oh, this, you know what, this might be one of my more favorite elements of the movie is the underlying themes and universal, uh, is it message? The, the, the universal need for connection is really felt entirely throughout the movie. And I just mean with people, with, with having genuine deep connections with people. It's something that I think everybody deep down really craves on one form or another and it's really hard to find people that you can share those types of feelings with and and interestingly enough in this movie it's in a totally not romantic sense uh, which I find again just very refreshing between a man and a woman let alone an older man with a younger woman but the relationship that they form in the movie is so sweet and it's so honest and sincere and it's coming from a good place that it's it, again it's just i'm i'm repeating myself here but i got to 
it's very refreshing. It's it's really really refreshing to see to see characters not jumping all over each other. Uh, you know, after like ten minutes from knowing each other, it's just people that they're they're both lonely. They're both they're both lost, and they they're trying to just get through and, and figure things out and they and they happen to bump into each other and spark a connection and and form a relationship that's just a, a great a great bond that they share throughout the entire movie and then they leave it that way too which makes it all the more all the more like sad I guess at the end of it because when when the movie ends you're just like ah you almost don't want to see uh, him go back home to America and, and her to leave as well it's yeah it's yeah, that, that that that's that's what I gotta say about that. But it's it's really really interesting, and again, that that need for connection is just such a universal feeling and and one that I think so many people can relate to, uh, is that we all just want to connect and we all want to find that that someone special that we can connect with, even if it is for like a day, a week, uh, a second in time. It, it it doesn't really matter. We just want to connect, and the movie so beautifully illustrates that, and. Uh, another great thing I like about this movie is how it takes its time with its scenes. And I think that's very important for a movie like this is that you don't want to have there be too many cuts. You want things to feel natural. You want to feel authentic. So you got to let things breathe and you need to let scenes play out um, <clears throat> just very naturally. And so by there being less edits, uh, being more long, drawn out takes, it's it's deliberate for the pacing, but it also helps to give that movie a more authentic feel to it and it's just very very excellent to behold and <clears throat> i think another thing I, I could say about this movie too is it's contemplative not midlife crisis nature but reflective nature that is apparent throughout the movie um because I, I feel like like each of the characters, I, I mentioned their their loneliness, longing, uh, all these different feelings, kind of how they're stuck uh, and at that current time in their life. But you can feel that each of them is reflecting on it in very different ways. So for Bob Harris, uh, Bill, Bill Murray, his character seems to, I would say, his is a bit more in a potential midlife crisis. I, I think at one point they actually joke about it, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, you haven't bought a Porsche yet," and he like he makes some casual glib remark, like blowing that off, like, "Oh no, I'm thinking about doing it at, at some point soon." But <clears throat> his character seems to be having some type of a midlife crisis, but I think his is just a feeling of I'm not really sure what to do with that like I think he might be aware of it but I don't know if he knows what to do with it like he doesn't really go out and do anything super impulsive he just sort of lays around he can't hardly sleep uh he goes to the to the nighttime uh is it the lounge there's a hotel bar there a bar a lounge I'm not really sure what you call it but he goes there and frequents that space a lot um, at night while he's there and just slowly sips whiskey and just just thinks just just thinks a lot and so I think that's interesting but then but then Charlotte uh, Johansson's character hers is is, is also interesting as well because she's doing it but in a different way I know early on in the movie she's listening to like some self-help audio of people trying to tell her how to find her inner peace and I think she kind of finds it humorous but also sad that she's listening to that type of thing and and so I think she's 
she's seeking uh, an answer. Um, maybe maybe not vocally, but she she's doing it certainly in her actions by by doing that or going to this this garden at one point in the movie and and going to a temple and trying to listen to monks. So she's clearly searching for something to understand why she's feeling the way she's feeling. And, and in that, I think she's very reflective, um, which that's something I think I just value uh, in people, uh, people that tend to have a self-awareness or or can take the time to reflect about things. And that's uh, that's something else, too, is this movie, I think it also shows you the value of travel, uh, there may be loneliness that comes with it or isolation or, or cultural barriers or differences, but you, you do get some time to think. And I think that's really very valuable in this day and age, uh, in this day and age, especially when there's so much social media and, and distractions at, at work that, pull, you know, pull you in a million different directions and you have family and friends and just all kinds of different things going around that, like like you just have to think like where 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 do you even get the time to just stop and think you know let alone for 10 15 minutes i mean if you could you really like stop and take like a whole day to think about something a week i don't know i mean i guess that's why you know jobs have paid time off but it's it doesn't make it easier to 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 get to that place i guess and so one of the benefits i think from traveling that that's apparent in this movie is having that that time to be away from what you know be out of your shell be away from your routine and and by being away from that you're allowed to realize things about yourself and 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 listen to that voice inside your head i think a lot better uh but but again you have to take the time to actually listen to it and that's you know i can't say if people you know if a lot of people do that um, I, I think there's probably more that do it than we would really realize, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely something interesting to think about. Um, <clears throat> and then let, let me see what, what else can I say about this movie? Uh, oh, the, you know, the soundtrack, I should talk about that soundtrack for this movie is really, really good. And so part of the music, uh, part of the score for it, which I, I don't have in front of me. Actually, you know what? I got the Blu-ray with me right now, just as a as a reference for this. I'm looking. Who did the music for this movie? Let's see. I'm looking. So the original music was by Kevin Shields. Hmm. I guess I'm gonna. I guess look up Kevin Shields, people. Give him a give him a like or give him a listen. We'll we'll see if he's got some other good stuff out there. But looks like he did the music for this, and well, did a bang up job because the score and all the the subtleties with it I, I think work really well uh the music really adds to that feeling of loneliness and and longing uh that the movie's you know trying to shoot for across but then also has a couple a couple really good songs in there there's some gems in there i think lost in translation was the first movie where i think i ever heard a song by phoenix i think that's the band uh they i think they have two or three songs in this movie but the music is definitely good and hang on oh think you know what pop-ups you have to disable the pop-ups when you're recording otherwise they're going to distract you and you end up talking about them on your podcast um <clears throat> so yeah the soundtrack uh really really very good um 
I guess if I'm talking more about the technical sides of the film, I would talk about how well shot it is, which I do think it is exceptionally shot. And it's, it's, it's just very good. Oh, and you know what? I think the last thing, the last thing I'm going to say about this movie is aside, if I haven't already said this once, aside from all the, 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 the atmospheric qualities of like, you know, the loneliness, depression, whatever you want to call it. The, aside from the atmosphere of the movie, the movie is really quite charming too, which I think that's what makes it, uh, certainly more watchable for some people rather than just being a, a depressive bummer of a movie to get through. Uh, cause there, there's some good, there's some good lighthearted, uh, humor that's, that's sprinkled throughout the movie. Uh, I think one of the earliest ones I remember is the part where, I think it's Bill Murray's first night, um, or his first morning in the hotel, and he and he wakes up and goes to take a shower, and he can barely get the shower past, I think, like his chest line because he's a he's a pretty tall guy, and, and most people in that part of the world are not tall. Um, so I, I definitely think there's there's just little subtle humor like that that's that's also probably relatable because when you go to a place that's very different from what you know, there's likely going to be a lot of things like that that you didn't expect before you came. <clears throat> and I'm thinking of another one right now. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, just like like when they go out in the movie, uh, there, there's a couple of times where they just go out and kind of have a night in the town, and 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 that feels that feels very funny, uh, very light, very nice. I I know I can't help but smile like like a goon when I see the the scene where they're doing karaoke. And, and I think Scarlett Johansson sings uh, Brass in the Pocket by the Pretenders, which the Pretenders, they're uh, really, they're, they're really, I don't know if they're an underrated band, but I feel like to, to someone that's my age, to a 30-year-old, most people probably don't really talk about the Pretenders, but they're very good. Definitely give them a listen. Uh, but that scene where she's doing karaoke and, and he's, he's there with her friends and it's probably like three in the morning or something like that, I mean... It just looks like the kind of night that almost anybody would want to have at one point or another. I mean, you're, you're just with good people, you're having a good time, there's no problems, and you're just singing some good songs and having fun. And, and the way that they're, 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 you know, they're looking at each other and they're smiling, you can just tell that in that very moment they feel connected and they feel happy. And I don't know. That, yeah, that, that scene was one of my favorites in the movie. Um, but then shortly after that, I think like they kind of realize like, ah, this is a, this is a nice distraction, but we, we still feel, we still feel some of those feelings that we came into, uh, this experience with, uh, which is, yeah, it's, that's an interesting one for sure. But, <clears throat> um, let's see what else, what else could I talk about for this movie? Um, well, Sofia Coppola directed it, um, so I guess, yeah, why not, yeah, sure, I'll talk about that. I believe that she is Francis Ford Coppola's daughter, I want to I wanna say so, because her name, I think I first saw her because she starred in Godfather 3, I think, and she was pretty universally panned for it, if I remember right, um, and, and also Godfather 3 is just not that great. But anyways, I'll stay on point. Lost in translation, not Godfather Three. <laughs> yeah, I just thought of this. If you, uh, this is going to be the most obscure reference possible for how my brain works, but 
in Godfather three, the one of the most famous lines in it is just when I'm out, they pull me back in. And I just told myself that as Al Pacino to get me pulled back into focus on Lost in Translation and not on Godfather three. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. That might just mean I have some type of mental disorder that I need to diagnose. But hey, I'm not going to worry about that right now. This is this is not the time and place for that. Okay. Um, I want to wrap this up. Um, yeah, I'm going I'm to wrap this up by saying one more thing about this kind of movie. So... I think I said, yeah, I did say early on that movies like this, I don't really necessarily think are going to be for everybody. Uh, there's a lot of different themes and messages going on in a movie like this. Uh, but however you want to look at it, it is a slower paced movie. It is not as obvious with its comedy as other just straight romantic comedies are. Uh, it's a very, very unique movie, but I think it's accessible and I think it's more approachable than other smaller films of this kind. I, I think sometimes if you, you mention movies like this to like the average moviegoer and by average moviegoer, I just mean somebody that prelim, uh, someone that, pre why can't I say primarily, I was saying preliminary, but it's primarily someone that primarily watches, uh, like let's say Marvel movies. Not that I'm crapping on them, but, excuse me, someone that watches Marvel movies uh, may not really think that Lost in Translation is going to be their bag, and it very well may not be, but if you are looking for a movie that is very atmospheric, has a lot to say, has a lot beneath the surface, and feels, is going to make you feel something then I think Lost in Translation is definitely worth a look, and it's definitely worth talking about with your friends after you watch the movie. So, I think that's all that I have to say about this movie, and I think that's all I got for this first episode. So, I'm looking at the clock right now, you know, it's not too bad, at about 38 minutes or so, so, yeah. It's not bad, and you know what? This is a pilot. I'm not gonna give myself too much grief for this, we're going to, you know, I'll keep it going. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the content rolling and I will develop my voice and the structure for all this stuff over due time and over many episodes. So I thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for taking the time. I hope you found this, uh, I hope you found this episode enjoyable and I hope it gave you something to think about and hopefully makes you want to watch Lost in Translation because again, it's a pretty damn good movie. So I'm Jordan Anderson, you've been listening to ScreenSpeak, and that is it for, for today's episode. Alright, I'll catch you here next time. See ya.